Hello and welcome to the Pivot Podcast. The Pivot Podcast. Where we go episode by episode and talk all about the show Friends, the 90s, and everything in between. I'm Natalie. And I'm Tiana. Now let's pivot. Hello, friends. We are here at the Pivot Podcast. Pivot Podcast. Today we are going to be discussing season one, episode three, the one with the thumb. Gross title. But it's intriguing. That is true. You have to know, like, what happens with the thumb? Where, where does the thumb come in? Mm-hmm. So we'll find out. We will find out in this episode. You did some interesting research, Tiana, on this episode about laugh tracks. So share. I did. I did. And I did some research just because I feel like when you talk to people a lot and you say, do you like friends? The obligatory question. A lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I can't get past the laugh track. Like, so unoriginal. Do you hear that a lot? No, but then when I talk to some weenie that says I don't like laugh tracks, and then I hear it and I'm like, what a weenie. Then it goes away. I know (laughs) you weenie, but what is the laugh track, right? So essentially sitcoms used to utilize a live studio audience for most of their episodes. Um, At the time of Friends, they would invite the, they would invite an audience of 300 people, which is a lot. That is a lot. They would invite 300 people to be in a live audience, and then they would just react to the episode in real time. However, some, some uh, what does this say, shows did not have the budget to do that. Hence, a laugh track. Ah, I see. Yeah, so they're going to fill that space of where people would naturally react. So would it be something that they would just get from the studio that was like mm-hmm. pre-recorded from other shows or something. Yeah. And put okay. it in at like the punchline, which uh. we have, and we have a lot of those in, in friends when they're laughing, they are laughing. However, not all episodes were shot with a live audience. So when they did not have the live studio audience, they used a laugh track, but when they did use the laugh track, it was mostly made up of previously recorded laughter. So it wasn't fake laughter. It was actually joke laughs from the show that they've used and canned to put in um, appropriate places. And I know there is one guy's laugh, and I can't remember what episode it is. I'm hoping to find it in this rewatch. There is one guy's laugh that is so infectious and hilarious. I'm watching for it because you can tell that it comes in at multiple different episodes. And you're like, they use that. It's funny. Is it like a very guttural? Yes. Laugh? Yes. I know what you're okay, talking about. You know about. what I'm talking yes. about. Yes. Okay. I'm going to listen for it too. Yeah. So did they have like a, any sort of way of deciding which episode they would have live audiences at or which episodes mm-hmm. they wouldn't? Yeah. So we see this too with friends, probably a season uh, episode. No, season two. When they do season finales and then the series finale, they don't want to spoil ah. the story. So laugh tracks were used because they would film those without an audience so that they would keep the endings private and secret. Let's be honest. An NDA would not go far with Friends fans. Ooh, it's a good thing they didn't have social media back then. Could you even imagine? I can't imagine how they do it. Now I'm just trying to think of sitcoms and how they would hide it now if they do a live studio audience. Also, NDA stands for non-disclosure agreement. If you guys don't know what that means, um, I yeah, I can't even think of how they would do no. it now. I mean, you hear production spoilers all the time, especially for those big shows. Like I'm a big Game of Thrones fan, and the last season of Game of Thrones, it was spoiled the entire way. Like they had just copies of what was going to happen in the episode. So, oh, you know what? We 
sadly, very into The Bachelor and watched it with my mom and sister. And my mom, sorry, mom, would get on to this thing called Reality Steve. Yeah. And Reality Steve had some sort of inside track. And so she would go on and know who. And spoil quote, herself. Quote, unquote, one. Mm-hmm. And so it was It was kind of funny because my mom couldn't wait and she had to know. But the, those things exist. Yeah. So I, I see. actually I get in this argument a lot with my brother and my sister-in-law over spoilers. I am actually someone who loves spoilers and does not mind. I feel like it enhances the viewing experience because I can see where they're building. I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And I'm putting all the pieces together. And I don't hate it that I'm spoiled. But you must disagree. I do. So recently, actually this past week, I had Love is Blind spoiled for me. Oh, God, love my coworkers. They're really into it. But I heard them talking. And so now I know about two of the couples, mm-hmm. I will not say, and it was, I was sad because now I know and I, but look, I'm a weird person. I love a surprise. Mm-hmm. I love a surprise. So I do not get down with the spoilers like that, but I can see why you would. Yeah. Cause you know you, me, you can see it growing and then you're like, oh, okay. Now I see deeper into this storyline. <laughs> see the cogs behind the, the wheel. Yes. So back to friends. When they're filming, it took on average six hours, which is a long time, and it was inclusive of multiple takes for the scenes. And you can see behind the scenes when they are recording and they do have a line, like a a joke that falls flat with the audience, they will take the audience's feedback and say, what do you think is funny? What wasn't funny about that? And they would actually use the audience as they were going along, which I thought was really cool. I love that because I feel like that makes the show so much more organic and like figuring out what works and what doesn't and just kind of, I don't know, it just builds off of it. I, I love that. I think that's cool. But six hours, you said that's long, but then I think, oh, yeah, my work hour, my work days are eight hours long. But for an audience to sit there, that is a really long show. But you got to think like they got to be, they got to be on top of it. They've got to be moving, filming shit. Yeah. Moving along. That is a lot. Costume changes, mm-hmm. set changes. Mm-hmm. That is a lot. Yeah. But it is all there on, on the set. So they don't have too far to go, at least. That's true. But uh, in order to reward the audience for their time, they would give them gifts such as food, beverages, and then, um, you know, other little things here and there. Other, other little knickknacks. I want to know what merch they got. I know. Could you imagine? I wonder if anybody's selling that. Oh. That'd be so cool. Like, what if you got something like early on friends signed by them? Because mm-hmm. again, this is like just our third episode. We don't, they don't know how big it's going to be no. at this point. Oh, that'd be super cool. Similar to kind of the, the tutus from Sex in the City that Carrie thinks she has one and then someone else has one. Like, what are those some original pieces? Like, is there a mug that someone has somewhere? Like, does Ross, Ross, does David Schwimmer have a mug somewhere or does Rachel have one of her aprons somewhere? Oh, that'd be interesting. We should Google that. Let me Google that for you. Okay. (laughs) And we will come back with you guys and we will find out are there things that the cast took? Mm -hmm. Because now I want to know. Now I want to know. Last thing on the laugh track, it's actually science, Natalie. Oh, they did a study at the University of uh, College of London. They found that jokes per are perceived funnier with laugh tracks or quote unquote can laughter. Interesting. It's all psychology. It's, it's it's affectionate, right? Like a smile is affectionate. Laughter is affectionate. And so you're, it's perceived as funnier. You mean infectious? 
Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, affectionate is is true too. <laughs> you know, sometimes words are hearts. Okay, who wrote this episode? We have Jeffrey Astroff and Mike. Sikowitz. So these are diverting from our David Crane, Mark Kaufman co-creators. Mm-hmm. And so we have some new writers, which is really exciting. Same director over with James Burroughs. And then our original air date is October 6, 1994. Nice. Right around the time we are right now. So we're going to take a quick break, hear a word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the Stitch Sisters. Handmade goods are becoming more and more rare these days. You can support our newest sponsor, the Stitch Sisters, and keep handmade artisans thriving. The Stitch Sisters crochet handmade goods, anything from beanies and headbands to Christmas ornaments. Check them out at Etsy at the Stitch Sisters store or find them on Instagram at Stitch Sisters store. And we are back after some seriously affectionate laughter <laughs> during that break. Laughter is affectionate, you guys. If you didn't know, you know now. It is going to be coined after this episode. <laughs> Maybe we will, what's the word, um, patent it or something. And God. Put, it, put it on a t-shirt. I don't know. Yeah, Who put, knows that what, on, put that on a friend's t-shirt. Laughter is affectionate. <laughs> Who knows what we'll do over here. Goodness. All right, T, so we have some storylines. What do we got started for this episode, The One with the Thumb? All right, well, The One with the Thumb. We actually have some new some new storylines that are not just focused on Ross, Rachel, and Monica. Thank God. Yeah, so the episode opens, of course, with them having a casual conversation um, about dating language. Loved this conversation mm-hmm. because I think it gave way to Rachel's inexperience and maybe just kind of more of a narrative on she's the little Jewish princess who was going to, you know, everything she, works out for her. She went to college for her MRS degree. Have you ever heard that term? What's that? Her Mrs. Degree. Like you just go oh, to college to find a man yes, kind of thing. Yes. So she is like, what, what is that? Like, why, what does that mean? He wanted to see you again. And they're kind of giving her the lingo of what mm-hmm. dating really is like in your mid twenties, especially in the nineties. And I just love this whole narrative. Yeah. No wonder she doesn't know though. Cause she goes from high school to college dates, Barry then goes to get married. So they're teaching Rachel when he says we should do this again. It's a nice way of letting someone down. Yes. Have you ever gotten this? I definitely have. I... And I've definitely given it too. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I guess it's been a bit since I've been dating. So I'm trying to think back. I don't know if I've gotten the, we should do this again, but something similar to it. Yeah. If they don't ask for your phone number or you, they don't make a plan. Yeah. And that date for another date. Not a good sign. It's not a good sign. No. So I can see how she maybe didn't, didn't understand that. Yeah. The phone number is the big one for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's what's your thought around like do they need to call or text right away? Like what's what's the time frame? That's interesting because there's like that weird three day rule. Yeah, that, what is the three day rule? Who made that up? I don't know who made that up and who is sitting on this for three days. Like what guy is just like, I'm just gonna go about my business for three days. Like <laughs> if I go by the rule of the he's just not that into you. Yeah. If he likes you, he will make it known or they will make it known. And if they don't they don't, and they'll make it known in other ways. I, I made it known, but kind of in the reverse way. So I gave my phone number to my now husband, 
And he like didn't do anything with it for seven days. Seven days? And then I saw him like the next week and I was like, um, hey, you should text me. <laughs> to, to be fair, he he is my brother's best friend. And so he was a little like, oh, what do I do? But then, you know, gave him a little encourage like, yeah, you should text me. You should use that. It wasn't just for fun. It's a good number. <laughs> it's a good number. I promise I'll answer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the other one is um, when they say we should see other people means ha ha. I already am. I love that line because you don't expect it. Like you don't when she says we should see other people. You don't expect her to say that coming out of the end of it. And I just think that is so funny. That's mm-hmm. a great quip from the writers. I love it. Yeah. And then funny, funny in this, it ends with Ross finding out about the obligatory good dog that goes off to live on a farm, but who actually died. And Chi Chi. Oh my God. This is slightly triggering because. Oh no. Don't tell me. We had a dog. Do you remember our dog Cheers? No. Oh God. This was. Cheers? Cheers. This was a while ago. She passed away. God. It must have been like either right before. TV show? No. Her name was Cheers. (laughs) And we called her Chi-Chi. Oh, So it's funny every time I watch this that I think of Cheers. And I'm, my parents did not tell me that they took her to a farm. Okay. So that's the good news. Because otherwise this would be extremely triggering. Yeah. But no, I, I laugh at that every time because I had a dog named Chi-Chi. <laughs> Chi-Chi. You know. Ross. No, our parents actually did take our dog to a farm. Monica's like, Ross. <laughs> so serious and so heartfelt about it no it it does kind of crack you up and the you can't see me but like the way that he like holds his hand up to his head is just very like oh chi chi it's so good like again that physical comedy david schwimmer is really good at it i love that i love that so first first main storyline is between joey and chandler and then kind of branches off just to chandler but they're reading lines for part that joey is trying to get and joey has to smoke but Joey's never smoked before, and so when he goes to smoke, it's totally unnatural. He is not doing it correctly or looking cool. So Chandler, a previous smoker, tries to teach Joey how to smoke. He themselves takes a little puff and obviously loves it, sparks a little nicotine in his veins, and he starts to take up smoking again, pissing off the entire group, and they make him smoke outside, even if it's raining. So they, mainly they're mad because every time he quits, it's a horrible experience for the rest of the group. Clearly, clearly, Ch- Chandler can't handle the nicotine. I have a side note in here: cranky Chandler later on in this episode, fucking hilarious, so funny. I With love love cranky Chandler, and when Ross is like, "Well, it's time for a nicotine, a yeah. new patch for the nicotine," so funny. And there's a, Ooh, I'm uh, alive with joy now. <laughs> such a good line. There's a point where it's raining. He's on the balcony and. He's like knocking on the window, like, can I come in? And Joey says, you can come in, but your filtered friend has to stay outside. Yeah. It's like, oh, I love that. It's such a good line. And he grabs the can or the trash can lid and gets it over his himself. head. It's like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Which, you know, your friends are just looking out for you, Chandler. Smoking is disgusting. Right. Don't smoke, kids. It's bad for you. It's not cool. And you sound horrible. And you smell. Have you ever had to kiss like a smoker? Oh, yeah. Gross. One, once oh ugh. it's like licking an ashtray it's terrible yeah no. can never can no. never that is a deal breaker 100 percent. i love though joey has a little bit of a storyline yeah for once for once Woo-hoo. thank you we've seen we see joey 
The beefcake from Queens. The Queen's beefcake. Yeah. Love it. So next storyline is with Rachel. And I kind of put Rachel in the coffee shop. The coffee shop's kind of like a, a other character in here. So Rachel is working at the coffee shop. Can't get orders right. Still. And uh, Chandler starts a convo about the group's annoying habits to take the heat off of him from smoking. And he starts by slowly saying, like, it's not as annoying as so-and-so or so-and-so. Or, like, Phoebe chews her hair. Or Ross has to pronounce everything correctly or Rachel can't get the drink orders right you know and so it sparks an ar- argument between the friends and I think it's hilarious just the way that Chandler saunters off with his little cigarette he's so proud of himself he lit the fire and then he took off and he's like ha ha got yeah. you got you good favorite quote the hair comes out and the gloves come off <laughs> my favorite quote is still during that argument when they all start to like get at each other oh you do, do you? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with speaking correctly. Indeed, there, <laughs> there isn't. isn't. <laughs> so good. Really just good writing right there. Yes. So the main storyline, which in, inspires the title, the one with the thumb, Phoebe's bank gave her an extra $500 in her bank account. Who doesn't love that? Right. She then feels guilty and wants to return it. But... The bank mistakenly gives her an extra $500 and a football phone. The football phone. Good God, that football phone. And a little piece of swag. Oh, my gosh. That thing is huge, Rachel, As Rachel says, what bank, bank is, is this? this? I want to go there, I basically, know. is what she says. Yeah. I, this is So this is the part I love, though, about Phoebe is she's just, it's, she's doing what's right because it's right. Mm-hmm. It's not. And most people will just be like, oh, you gave me $500. You're a bank. I'll Screw keep you. it. But she tried to do the right thing and try to say, hey, you guys credited me. Then they screw up again. Now, at this point, if it were me, I would just take the $1,000 and move on. Absolutely. Honestly, I'd probably stop at the 500 because I could use the money. <laughs> I'll take it. Christmas is coming up. Presents are expensive. Christmas is coming. We got to have new shoes. <laughs> yes. Now, Monica is our last... Our Wait, last. let's finish. Phoebe does have something that I do want to highlight. So Ooh. Phoebe's now got $1,000 in a football phone. Oh, yes. Right? So she sees a woman probably experiencing homelessness, I think. I, I can't tell exactly who she is, but she knows Phoebe. She gives her $1,000, and the woman to pay her back buys her a thumb. Or <laughs> buys her, buys her, her a thumb. <laughs> Essentially, she buys her a soda with a thumb in it. So she does buy her a so thumb. So she does buy her a thumb, which is a very odd gift. <laughs> and um, then when Phoebe goes to correct the mistake with the soda people, they give her $7,000 for a thumb in her soda. It just doesn't end. It doesn't end. Or so. Phoebe. I think this is a little bit of a narrative on Phoebe's homelessness. and Because you find that out in the first episode, you know, mm-hmm. I was living on the streets kind of thing. So you're like, oh, okay, she probably knows this lady. But I love how she calls her weird girl. Yeah. Hey, weird girl. <laughs> and she brings her this soup, the alphabet soup with no vowels except for Y. So funny. Sometimes Y. Sometimes Y. Uh, last main storyline is Monica is dating a new guy, Alan. Alan. Okay, I think Alan's pretty hot. I, he's he's a good-looking man. He, he gives is. me kind of like those Richard Gere vibes. <gasps> yes. Sexy Alan. Very sexy Alan with yeah. the beard and very like, ooh, I like it. Very, yeah. almost Tom Selleck. Yes. So, yes. a little foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Monica has a type. She does. 
Sexy, sexy mustache man. <laughs> so all the friends want to meet Alan, but Monica doesn't want to meet them because essentially they're like a pack of coyotes and never like any guy that she brings over. So eventually she does let them meet him and who knew they love him. But, but Monica doesn't feel the love and breaks up with him. Yes. And when she does that, we learn that Alan through all this actually can't stand Monica's friends and is totally relieved. So ironic because they're so attached. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that whole section of when she goes to tell them I'm breaking up with him. And Rachel goes, I wanted him to meet my family. <laughs> the holidays are coming up. Yeah. So it's just like this huge narrative on how everybody is like breaking up with Alan or like everybody was in a relationship with Alan in some way. Mm-hmm. I love that. That, that writing is amazing. It's like the parents are getting a divorce now. <laughs> yeah. So, but this made me think, have you ever dated a guy that your friends hated or I guess vice versa? I haven't dated anybody that my friends loved, but like I didn't and I had to break up. I definitely have dated guys that my friends did not like. Yeah. And that, and that was very evident. Um, Let's just say that didn't last long. It usually does not last long. It usually does not last long. But I think any woman with her salt or any person with their salt would know that if you have good friends, they're going to be looking out for you. And if your significant other does not get along with your friends, then they're not worth it. Because if they mean something to you, then your significant other is going to make it work with your friends. So what if he's like the best guy ever and your friends are just bitchy? Well, then you need to get better friends. (laughs) (laughs) Then you have terrible friends. Then you have terrible friends. Adios. All right, so last last little piece that is just the nice little bow on this episode. Monica tells the group she broke up with Alan. They're devastated. Chandler goes to start smoking again, and bing, Phoebe stops him by offering him $7,000 if he never smokes again, and he takes it. Easy choice. Easy choice. Mm-hmm. Wonder if that $7,000 is still in his pocket or if he ever did smoke again. Well, we do know he does smoke again. Should he have given the $7,000 back to Phoebe? That is a good question. I would have liked to see Phoebe say, hey, remember when in yeah. 1994 I gave you $7,000 <laughs> if you never smoked again and you broke it? Yes, that would be such a great throwback. Oh my yeah. gosh, I love that. So did we like this episode? What is the Joey sandwich or pizza yes. rating? I'm what feel- are we feeling? I'm feeling the sandwich, the meatball sandwich, sandwich today. Okay, sandwich, we're going with sandwich. I gave it a three. Same. Yeah. Very middle of the road. Mm-hmm. We've got character development. We've got really good, um, like, relationship development between characters. There's there's quippiness. I like it. But it's definitely not the funniest episode. In, mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing in it that is one of those one-liners that is, like, timeless. Yeah. But it's not a bad episode. No, it's a good episode and you start to see them branching out with Phoebe and Joey. And that's, I think that's also why it is just a a good episode in general. Yes. Loving it. Very dynamic. Yeah. You noticed, and I didn't notice this, it's the first time that we see Joey and Chandler's apartment. Yes. And so there were a few things I noticed in that because... We've gotten to episode three and we haven't seen Joey and Chandler's apartment? I know. I was like wait a second. And I went back and I looked and we really had never seen it, which is crazy. Yeah. 
So their apartment is very bare bones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, guys. Yeah. And it changes throughout the seasons, maybe a, more, I think, than Monica and Rachel's apartment. Mm-hmm. But what was funny that I noticed is they had some plants. And I'm thinking, these are not plant guys. They're not going to be plants alive. No way. And then you see a big um, a bench for Joey to work out, I'm mm-hmm. assuming. Sorry, Chandler. But, yeah. <laughs> um, you, you see it in there. It's just like kind of in the middle of the room, and it's like kind of next to this chair. And I don't know. I'm going to keep an eye out, but I don't know if that really stays that long. But I thought that that was kind of funny, especially knowing that they're trying to get this guy's guy thing out of Joey. Yeah. If that's why that kind of got put in there. But yeah, super funny. Man, I did not notice that. Love that you noticed that. Um, all right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we do, Natalie's favorite. Bloopers and blunders. Bloopers and blunders coming at you right now. Thank you. Hello again, friends. We are here with my favorite part of this podcast, the bloopers and blunders. And moo points. Moo points. Oh my gosh, the moo points. Gotta love those. So the first one, so not really continuity issue, but definitely a moo point is Alan takes most of the gang to go play softball. Mm -hmm. And you see them all come back and they fake like they didn't do well. And then, oh, they won. And Alan was great and things. Rachel is wearing a hat and had either a bat or a glove or some sort of like sports gear. And so nobody says anything about how bad Rachel is. If you have watched the series, you know, later down the line, we find out how unathletic (laughs) Rachel Green is. So this doesn't make sense to me because nobody would have selected her to go play softball. Yeah. It is funny that they all go besides Monica and that, there's no note of how horrible an athlete Rachel is, which makes me think that that's something that's developed later. Yeah, I think that they wanted to put that into that specific episode for some more comedy and like some depth to that episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I just thought that that was kind of funny and weird all at the same time. No hard bloopers again. Alas. Alas, the elusive... Hard bloopers. They will come. I promise you. Natalie's waiting, you guys. <laughs> bloopers are literally my life. They they really do. Like, Friends picks me up, but the bloopers are where it's at. Yeah. That genuine laughter is really so much fun. They are coming. I think I want to say it's about halfway through the season, watching the bloopers reel and all of that stuff. It's I want to say either the next episode or the episode after we're going to see some hard bloopers. Okay, if it's not the next episode, you owe me $5. Holy cow. That's <laughs> a lot of money. Not 7000 Not 7000 Okay, I'll take that. But we do have things that didn't age well. We've got we've got some things that stood out to both of us. Yeah. What did you see the first, the first thing that didn't age well? So for me, it starts when they first talk about Alan, when Chandler and the group makes fun of Monica's old boyfriend, Steve, who had a lisp. And I just now in this rewatch, I'm thinking, you know, maybe that's a little offensive and maybe we should not be doing that. That's funny because I didn't pick up on that one. So I wouldn't have thought about it, but it is. It's it's. Comedy is such a hard thing because it's one of those things where you want to go just far enough mm-hmm. that you're not too offensive, but just offensive enough. This one is, I feel like it borders. It's it's kind of funny just how they, 
of course, like when Chandler says something, of course, it's funny. Yeah. But when Alan comes in and kind of makes fun of it too, then that makes it even more so. Yeah. But yeah, I think that that could probably cause waves with people that do have lists. A speech impediment. A speech impediment. Sort. Yeah, I think that could be offensive these days. Yours. And I didn't oh. catch this one. Really? You caught, you caught this one. Oh, man. This one makes me uncomfy for sure. So it's the very first scene where we have Chandler and Joey rehearsing for mm-hmm. this part that Joey wants to get and he has to smoke and he's like you hold it in your hand and it's like a part of you and Joey kind of lets his wrist fall and they both go whoa whoa and it's this euphemism for being gay and that just does oh. not age well whatsoever yeah. and it's like oh we can't can't act like we're gay so that not not good one of the few you know it's definitely one of those for me that I I just really don't like. I'm like, mm, we could take that out, cut it. Yeah, yeah, not necessary. This last one I was watching with my husband, and this actually was a funny moment. And then he's like, but is that offensive? It's where they played against the Hasidic jewelers. Oh, I noticed that. And I didn't get it. And then Graham, my husband's like, well, the Hasidic jewelers. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, like jewel, like Jew. Yeah. And. So it's a play on the word, yeah, Hasidic jeweler, which creative, but I don't know. Is that offensive or is it See, just, I don't know. It's just this weird world that we live in now. Like I would want to ask a Jewish person, are you offended by that? Cause non-Jew, like we both grew up Catholic. You're like, yeah. is that offensive? To be honest, anybody could make fun of the Catholic re- religion and I would have no problem with that because they're fucked up. Same but, to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think we, like we can say that that was wrong but it kind of, you're like what well, is it well is it one of those things too like i don't i don't know much about the hasidic community yeah so are a lot of hasidic jewish people jewelers like is that something that you see or is it like they're playing off of the word jew to get jewelers and how I does that yeah i think it's a word play but i don't know i would be interested to learn more about that but yeah i agree that's that's one of those middle ground things you're like i don't know enough to know if that's offensive but it is on my radar yeah all right fashion watch Ooh, got some some cute things i liked this episode did you notice that jumpsuit by phoebe in the very very beginning yeah it was good it was good didn't notice that that was a jumpsuit until this rewatch i always thought that that was a dress just like flowy pants Mm -hmm. and they're like gaucho style jumpsuit Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm a sucker for a jumpsuit you guys oh jumpsuit all day yes absolutely no Jumpsuit? Hey. Yes. Okay. Rompers. The oh. fact that you have to get naked to go pee is a huge pain in the ass. Yes. Well, that's for both. But it's so cute. And rompers. Oh, yeah. Well, but rompers are cute. You don't like a romper? I don't know. Maybe it's just because I haven't found a romper that works with me. You don't romp with the rompers? I don't romp with the rompers, <laughs> but I jump with the jumpers. <laughs> jump with the jumpers. Um, so I we also liked Rachel's checkered dress. So cute. Love it. I love that fit on her. It's just, it, it almost makes her more curvy than mm-hmm. she naturally is. Like her and um, Courtney Cox are both very slim build, but that dress itself makes her look more hippie in a really nice way. Brings out the womenly curves. Oh, yes. Gotta love those childbearing yeah. hips. I loved Monica's button down white blouse at the end. I thought it was really, really cute. Just so Ooh. chic. Chic AF. 
I didn't even think about that one. Go look at, yeah, isn't that nice? Watch that. And then uh, Rachel's aprons, which brings me back to like, does does, uh, Jennifer Aniston have any of Rachel's aprons? Because they're so cool and unique and you don't see aprons like that. Like the aprons that I've seen or the ones that my mom has, like, no, they're like these fuddy-duddy long whatever. Like this is a cute little skirt looking thing that singes you at the waist. It, It definitely accentuates her waist really well. There's one coming up that we'll talk about too at that point, but like all of her aprons, I don't, I wonder if there was like a whole theory from the costume designer on her aprons. I let me Google that for you. <gasps> oh, love too. All right. And then this last one, we both were just dumbfounded by the oh horrible God. combination that Chandler is wearing with. He, so he's wearing a button down, a black button down, a black button down, which is fine. Then he's wearing a vest that I think looks like some type of sweater. And then the uh, heinous tie. Oh, my with God. you think are coffee beans or some sort of like oval circular design. I don't know. The, the combination is just horrendous to me. Yeah, it's offensive. It, of all the <laughs> things we've seen so far from the 90s, this outfit that Chandler's wearing is offensive. It offends my eyesight. I can't listen to him because his outfit is so loud. Take it away. <laughs> Kick it. Here. All right. The oh. moment has come. Best friend in front of me. We're going to do this backwards today. Backwards day. And we are going to do our frenemy who's taking our wind first because for once in our lives, Tiana and I agree. I'm so excited because, Natalie, who is your frenemy? Phoebe. Thank you. Mm. Okay. I hate to do it, but this episode, she just is portrayed as really ditzy and just like, Stupid. Not woo-woo in a good way. And so I just don't like her this episode. That was my thing, too, with with this episode of, okay, first she turns down $500, then she turns down $1,000, and then she gives $7,000 away. Like, what the heck? I totally disagree with all of these decisions. You are my frenemy. You're taking my wind. Yeah, I don't. For me, it actually starts in the very, very first scene where she's talking to herself. Oh. It's my bank. And I'm like, yeah. okay, can't, I can't, I can't. Sorry, Phoebe. I love Phoebe so much, but not See, this, this is the shit that drives me nuts about Phoebe. And so <laughs> one point for me, zero points for the Phoebe bucket. <laughs> we'll keep a Phoebe bucket yeah. on the table. Phoebe bucket, she has zero points and I have one. Okay. <laughs> but on the other side, who gets your mug? I am giving it to Monica. I love Monica this episode because she is secure enough to know when a relationship is not working Mm -hmm. and also is secure enough to make sure that she doesn't introduce her friends to somebody that she doesn't really like just because. So I really like that about her is she is a fairly secure person in her relationships. So I really, I like that about her this episode. Love, love a strong moment where you're like, this isn't working and I'm going to just not sit a lot around and let it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Who gets your mug? <laughs> My mug goes to Chandler, just purely off of cranky Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So he's so funny with the patch and everything. It's just great. What's the quote he says again? Ooh, I'm alive with joy now. Gosh, <laughs> that's not going to be it. And someone's going to tell me that's that I'm wrong. <laughs> hey, you know... Laughter is, is affectionate. affectionate. <laughs> <laughs> Laughter 
Laughter is affectionate. <laughs> Any closing thoughts here at the end? I'm loving the direction we're seeing this going with the character development. And I think that this is the episode where we start to see the evenness of all of our characters really start to build. And that really mm-hmm. excites me. Um, and I cannot wait for our real hard bloopers. They're coming. I promise. Five dollars. Five dollars. Next episode. All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much for li- listening to the pivot podcast. Please rate review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us along on Instagram at the pivot pod.